Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. I remember sitting across the table uh, over breakfast with a colleague who said, I'm just not in love anymore. It's just not working. But honestly, seasons come and seasons go, and there might be a moment when you don't feel like you're in love, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't stay in the marriage. I'm John Fuller, joined in the studio by Greg and Aaron Smalley. They head up our marriage team here at the ministry. And Aaron, you do a lot of counseling with couples. How often do you hear that I'm, I want out of this marriage because I just don't feel like it's working anymore? I hear it all the time, and I love when I hear it because it's so easy to diffuse that and to say, you know what, okay, so you're not feeling in level. That just tells me your heart's closed. And okay, so... and people look at me like, you're crazy. But really, the truth is, we don't create love. God creates love. So if our heart's closed, we're not going to feel love. And so I keep my little roly-poly puppet <laughs> next to my chair in my office, and I pull it out, and I say, it's kind of like this. You know, this little roly-poly will be crawling down on the sidewalk and, you know, maybe happy, having a great day, who knows. And someone will come along and flick it or try to pick it up, and it closes up. And that is just like our human heart. Hmm. When our heart doesn't feel safe, our heart closes, and it shuts off God's love. love. Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. so of course you're not feeling love. And so it's a very common thing. And no, I don't love it when I hear that from a couple, but I love explaining mm-hmm. um, how I view that. And just to give them the hope that, okay, we can do something about your heart. You can choose to do something about the state of your heart mm-hmm. and get it back open. And then who knows what you will feel. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, let's go ahead and hear now from Dr. Bob Paul and Greg Smalley. They were in the studio with Jim Daly talking about the book they co-wrote, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. We do have copies of that here. Check the show notes for details. Let me note that um, previously, Bob and Greg discussed lies about happiness and becoming one. The third love lie is all you need is love. I want to make sure I attribute that to the Beatles. I think they coined that <laughs> phrase. But uh, what makes that a lie? It sounds so good. All you need is love. Come on, Greg. Yeah. All you need is love. <laughs> I think the problem is is that when it's how people think and define love. So for there's a big group of people that see love as all about that passion, that feeling that they experience, the emotional part of, of love. And you've got another group that when they think about love, it's that decision. I mean, my father wrote one of his best-selling books was Love is a Decision. So there's going to be times you don't feel love and you've got to make that decision. So you find it's kind of those two camps. It's either the focus is on the emotional feeling part of it or the commitment, the decision. And sadly, they completely miss the truth about love, which is God is love. We don't create love. God is love. And when we begin to understand that there's no part of love that I create and generate, it's not about a feeling. It's not just about a commitment. It's understanding that that my job is actually to keep my heart open so that God, who is love, flows through me. That's one of the best things that we see happen in an intensive is couples begin to really understand that, okay, so maybe part of the problem is that how I view love. Like we get all the time, couples will come in and just say, well, I don't, I don't feel love anymore towards my spouse. And they think that's the end. Right. At that point, that's the end of their marriage because the love is gone. Right. 
And, and I'll tell you, the truth is, when I'm sitting in the, the therapist chair at that point, because I understand how love actually works, that's one of the least troubling things anybody can say to me. Because the only reason the love isn't there at that point, since God is love and it all comes from him, is that somehow the top door to their hearts closed right. and the love is not able to come through. Because honestly, if we want to experience the fullness of love for our spouse, all we have to do is ask the Lord to let us see through his eyes and feel with his heart. And it will be there in abundance yeah, at that and point. That's the golden nugget right there. I mean, that's what it's all about. Greg, you have a story. And sometimes these things can take on uh, small steps. It doesn't have to be something gigantic, although that's good too. But you had a story about just making the bed. <laughs> I mean, that seems, seems so simple, but it really it, it ministered to Aaron, your wife's heart. Yeah, my, my wife and I have had this ongoing argument over 20 years of marriage, which is, <laughs> why do we make a bed? I love the comedian. I'm with Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I love the comedian Jim Gaffigan comparing making a bed to taking your shoes off and then tying them. It's like, why? I want to get back into the bed how I like, how I left it. And so we've just battled that. And I kind of finally went, you know, if you want the bed made, go for it. That, that's your choice. Until she had a foot injury and was in a cast. And I walked into our bedroom and I watched my precious wife in a cast hop around the perimeter of our bed trying to make it. And I said, okay, this is like sick. Like there's, <laughs> okay, seriously, you're going to injure yourself. It's a bed. Let it go. And in, in the course of that discussion, really understanding why that was so important to her and how much that meant to have a bed made, I finally got it. Yeah. And thus, I realized, you know, that that could even be a part of a way that I sacrifice for her, that I invest in my wife, which is really the, the fourth lie that we see. Well, I was going to ask you about that exactly, the sacrifice yeah. and the misunderstanding of the definition of what it means. Yeah. Uh, you, go ahead and describe it. Yeah, I, th I think how sacrifice becomes a lie is that we really misunderstand that God has created us with such value. And my sacrifice is actually taking this value that God's given me and using it as an asset, as an investment, as a way to invest in my wife. And so recognizing how important that, that bed was and having that bed made was for her, it gave me a choice. I mean, I, I could either take this investment that God's given me, me, and actually use that as a way, use the time, use the effort, use the energy that it would take to make the bed every day. And so that day, I told her, I said, okay, I, I get it. Watching you hop around this bed, I get how important this is. I said, from this day forward, I'm doing that. Let me turn the table a little. We're four guys sitting at this table, and I want to represent at least Gene, <laughs> but maybe women listening as well. Because I think women in this perspective, this is tough for them because they believe I, I have to sacrifice who I am for the sake of my marriage and my husband. So let's put it in that context from a woman's perspective, that sense of sacrifice. I gave up my career for the family. I gave up this. Um, speak to the need to kind of put that in perspective, how God sees that and what's healthy and unhealthy. Well, I think giving generously is what sacrifice is about, but it's imperative that we recognize who we are in Christ and that for the gift to be of great value, 
what's being given must be of great value. So to see yourself as less than in any way actually cheapens the gift when you really get the fullness of who you are and how valuable you are. And then you take that and you invest sacrificially in somebody else. Now you've given something of great value, your time, your energy, your gifts, who you are. And it's imperative that when we sacrifice, when we give sacrificially, it's coming from a place of value, not a place of valuelessness. But let me press you a little bit. Okay. So at Hope Restored, you're seeing literally hundreds, thousands of couples. Yes. How do you prevent that root of bitterness from springing up? Well, we want everybody that comes to really get who they are in Christ. And we work hard for them to see this is not about you being less than. This is about you being fully who you were created to be. Spread your wings and soar. A great marriage is always one that has room for us to grow into the fullness of who we were created to be and bring all of our gifts to the table. Well, Greg, I loved the points that you and Bob made there and uh, just kind of bouncing off that and what Aaron was sharing earlier. What are some practical ways that we can learn to receive God's love, kind of that vertical, so we can pass it out and uh, give it back to our spouse? Did you like what I said more or what Bob said more? Or maybe That's he really liked what, what I, I said the most. That's probably true. I liked the hmm <laughs> that I said at some point in the conversation. <laughs> you know, when, when, when I finally understood the significance that God has given me this job to be well cared for, that's my job, and I'm responsible for that. I, I, I kind of Aaron and I went on this journey to try to figure out, okay, let, what what does that really, really mean? Like, I need some simple way to do that. And the more we studied that, the more we realized that if you do two things, you can do a lot to be well cared for, but if you figure out what gives you rest, so what helps you to recharge, and then what gives you life, like what mm-hmm. what what sets your soul on fire, what brings your heart alive. Uh, those two things, investing time in doing those things, makes such a big difference. Like what gives me rest is when I just can can kind of come home at the end of a night. We've had a long day, and Aaron and I just just watch something that we've recorded, or watch a Netflix or a Amazon whatever show, and just kind of just kind of chill and laugh and have fun and just be together. We crack jokes and snuggle on the couch, whatever. That really helps me to recharge. On the other hand, what really gives me life, I love to fish. So John, well, you and I have heard some stories. I love to do that. (laughs) But there's something about being in nature, Nature. God's beauty, hearing the 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 beauty of a of a river a stream that I'm able to do some fly fishing on that just there's something about that that just brings me life and so whatever it is everybody's different but but to identify those things and to help your spouse understand hey when I take time to go into the mountains of Colorado Aaron um, uh, you know I should then come back with more to give and so that that's always the evidence mm-hmm. that's the litmus yeah. test is okay if you do those things have you actually recharged are you full now do you have more life mm-hmm. and my family then should always benefit from those things which is the other day I mean I got up at the crack of dawn our son and I went to a little nearby lake that had just unfrozen and we did some fishing oh kind of about 12 
beautiful rainbow trout. Oh, and but I came back. I mean, it's tired, so that's not restful. But yeah. I came back refreshed, just, just alive yeah. and refreshed. Mm-hmm. So the what I hear is, let's begin with the principle that God is love, and that if we don't feel loved in our marriage or other relationships, maybe we're not accepting His love. And then I hear you saying, so carve out some time and do that which brings you an open heart to God's love. Uh, Force yourself to be quiet, alone, in his nature, whatever that looks like for you, so you can accept that love and then have kind of a a recharged spirit in your relationships. You just perfectly summed up our book. Well, thank you. Why didn't I come to you? That that could have been one page. Twelve chapters. I'll never be a guest (laughs) on a radio broadcast over a (laughs) one-sentence book title. Well, we do have copies of the excellent resource that Greg and Bob have put together, Nine Lies That Will Destroy Your Marriage. Uh, Do get a hold of us, ask for a copy, and uh, if you can, make a generous financial donation when you do. Earlier, we did mention our Hope Restored program, which is a fantastic opportunity for you and your spouse, particularly if you're dealing with serious struggles in your marriage to kind of reset, to get away, as we've talked about, to be refreshed and to see God restore what might be a broken relationship. Uh, We'll be happy to tell you more about Hope Restored and uh, the book as well. The details are in the show notes or call 800-A-FAMILY. Next time, we'll hear about uh, the power of integrity in your relationship. Joshua and Raquel Rogers will join us. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.